Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Come on, we are here on a special day today. We are here to celebrate our risen Savior. Amen. Come on, has God ever picked anybody up and turned them around? Has God ever placed your feet on solid ground when you didn't feel like you were walking on solid ground? When you felt like every step that you were taking might have been your last, but God made a way for you when you didn't think there was going to be a way. You didn't know there was going to be a way out, but just right on time, God opened up the right door. God did what he had to do to touch us, to save us, to fill us with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Why doesn't someone give God a mighty hand clap of praise? Amen. We have a reason to shout this morning. We have a reason to give God praise this morning. I'm going to tell you something that I don't know about you all, but when I begin to hear about Jesus and he begins, when I, when I hear about Jesus, I get excited already. But when I begin to hear what he did and we have an understanding of what he did, we have a reason to give God praise. See, a lot of people, they don't give God praise. They don't worship because they really don't understand why they're worshiping. They don't understand why they're praising, but yet there's some people in their ignorance, uh, they just feel like they ought to, and they give God their praise. But how much yet more should the person that understands uh, why he died for us, uh, that his blood was atonement for our sins, uh, while we were yet sinners, uh, he died for us. Uh, he nailed himself to a cross uh, because he was the perfect sacrifice. There was no lamb uh, that could take away the sins uh, of mankind, uh, but it was the great I am who came his flesh and wrapped himself and he walked among us he talked among us he ate among us he had no sin but he claimed and he died for you and me so when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ we are tapping in to the only thing that can forgive our sins how much yet more do we know that when he raised up on the third day that that same spirit when he looked at the apostles and said I will not leave you comfortless but I will give you my spirit the spirit of Christ I wonder if anyone has the spirit of Christ this morning does anyone have the Holy Ghost this morning hallelujah you know what I wasn't planning to read this scripture but you know what it is definitely appropriate so I'm going to read it to us anyway, amen. Romans 6, 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. When we worship this morning, we have a reason to understand and to praise God because we know because he rose up I can raise up again too if I can receive the spirit of Christ I can walk in newness of life praise God amen I know, I know probably it's the same but they turned to your Bibles you thought that was the text we were taking amen I've juked you out amen praise God amen it just feels good to be in the house of God amen there's nothing better than be in the house where God's presence is moving. There's nothing better to be in a church, amen, where God's presence is moving. Why do you make that clarification? Because there are many people, many churches, many buildings that give themselves labels and titles as the house of God, the temple of God, the ark of God, but yet Jesus does not dwell there. I'm telling you, it's more than just the name. 
that you put outside of your building that will determine what takes place inside of the building. But I would like to let you know today, this morning, that you have walked inside of a building. Hallelujah, that it is God, his name is on this building, yes. But I want to tell you something, the God of this building, he will fill this building. The God of this building, he will fill the house. Come on, I'm telling you today that that spirit that filled the temple back in the Old Testament is the same spirit that is filling this building today. And whatever you need, Jesus can give you what you need. Whatever you have came here looking for, Jesus is the answer. Jesus can fill you. Someone give God a mighty hand clap of praise. Amen. I'm just expecting great things from the Lord today. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we grab our Bibles? Amen. And why don't we turn to the book of Joshua chapter 20. We're going to be reading a couple verses of scripture. Amen. And Perhaps we might say, Brother Rodriguez, you're reading out of the book of Joshua. I know, I know, amen. But you know what? I believe that God is going to lead us. God's going to show us. I'm telling you today that I've not come here to preach anything complicated, but I'm here to let you guys know that, that Jesus is the answer. He rose again. You can arise again as well. If you receive the spirit of Christ, just like we read in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, and just as you can read in Romans chapter 8, verse 10, that that spirit, if you receive the spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, amen. Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When you receive the great I am living inside of you, you have the ability to resurrect as well. Amen. Joshua chapter 20. We're going to be reading a couple of verses of scripture. The word of the Lord, it reads like this. It says, the Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge. Can everyone yell out cities of refuge? Whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee into one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city. I want us to pay attention to this verse. I'm going to say it one more time. It says, and when he that doth flee into one of these cities of refuge that God told Joshua to appoint, just like he told Moses, uh, that they need to run to the gate of that city. And they shall declare their cause in the ears of the elders of that city. They shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. Last verse of scripture, it says, and he shall stand in that city, and until he stand before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days, then shall the slayer return and come into his own city, into his own house, and into the city from whence he fled. I would like to preach to us very shortly regarding this topic, the perfect sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. Why don't we put our Bibles down and why don't we lift up our hands? The presence of God is already in this building today, but we need to allow that God would work in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. So right now, let's pray a personal prayer. Every single one of us say, Joy Jesus. 
I need you to speak to my heart today. Jesus, whatever you have, I want to hear it. I want to receive it. God, if there's anything inside of me that would stop me, God, from hearing your word, from receiving your word, I pray, God, that you would clean me up right now. God, that my ears can hear. God, what thus saith the Spirit of the Lord. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that you would help me adequately speak, God, to your people today. I believe, God, that there are people today that are needing to walk in the newness of life. I pray that you would give me the words to speak. I pray that you would show me in the way to which to say it and God I pray God that your anointing God would break every yoke and every fetter in the name of Jesus come on church why don't we say that name one more time in the name of come on one more time why don't we say it? in the name of come on just we'll say it one more time just because it sounds good amen if you love that name why don't you clap your hands unto him as you're seated The perfect sacrifice. As we begin to read in the book of Joshua chapter 20, we are in a very pivotal time in Israel's history. The Bible lets us know that Moses has already passed away and the baton for leadership is now in the hand of a man by the name of Joshua. We might remember this man. He was one of the spies that entered and came back with the good report when the other ten came back with an evil report. And he came back with Caleb and said, no, we can take the land. And then it was him that took the baton of leadership from one of the greatest leaders perhaps in the Old Testament besides Jesus Christ himself, Moses. And he here he is in a new time, in a new age, uh, that he is coming to lead the people of Israel into the place that God had called them to. You begin to read in the book of Joshua, God begins to speak to this man and he starts to say, I want you to go into this land uh, and take this uh, and kill that giant uh, and take that king. Uh, and as you are going forth carving out the promised land, uh, as you are going out taking and, and taking all the land that I have called you to take, uh, I know that you're winning victories and you're slaying giants. Uh, and here you begin to read all throughout the book of Joshua, you begin to see as they won victory after victory, battle after battle. They start growing and conquering and walking into the promises that God had promised them that God reminds Joshua and he says do not forget about what I have told your forefather your ancestor Moses I spoke to Moses and I let him know yes I'm gonna give you a land that flows with milk and with honey yes I'm gonna give you a land of provision yes I'm gonna give you a good land but do not forget as you are building this land you need need to make sure that the infrastructure of the land of the country uh, that you are building needs to be have needs to have six cities of refuge he said, I know you're winning, I know you're winning wars. I know you're winning victories. I know you're probably on top, knowing you're killing giants. And Joshua, you're walking into the promises of God. But you cannot forget to put six cities of refuge. You begin to read the Bible, lets us know in the following scripture where specifically he was asking them for these cities to be placed. God in his strategicness said, place it here, place it here, place it there, place it here, place it there, and place it over there. See, God. God began in his mercy began to design these cities of refuge. 
And you might say, why was there, why was the reason that they were asking that there would be cities of refuge? Well, the Bible lets us know that these cities were designed for one specific reason. That if any man or any woman was doing what they were doing that day, and unawaringly, the Bible says, unwittingly, we can say on accident, they didn't plan it, it wasn't premeditated, but they would take the life of an individual without knowing they were taking the life of the individual. See, one thing we need to understand today as we read the word of God, as we read about, we read the scriptures that we see the word blood mentioned a lot in the scriptures. We need to understand that when God begins to speak of blood, that it has a very specific significance. uh, That it's in blood that has the life uh, that gives man and the woman the ability to breathe. It is blood that gives us the ability to walk. And without blood, we do not have the ability to live the life in which we live we know that God is very serious when it talks about human mankind and he speaks of humanity and he speaks about the life of every man woman and child that God says I have formed this man I have formed this woman I have formed this infant I'm here to let you know today that God cares about every single life it doesn't matter how old they are it doesn't matter if humanity says they're too old to be of any worth in society so why don't we just let them take a pill to let them check out of life. God says that life has value. I don't care if you see uh, someone sitting on the street uh, that's a drug addict uh, that's not adding to humanity. God says that life, uh, it has value and I don't want you to touch it. I don't care if it's a baby inside of a womb uh, that's never took a breath. Uh, God says it's life uh, and it has value. It is my child. Uh, I care about it. Uh, My blood, uh, come on, it's flowing through it. Uh, I care about life. God is very serious when we talk about life. When he speaks of his creation, he was the creator of it. And no one does he want to take the ability to rob someone of the ability to live their life. We can read in the book of Genesis, verse 9 through 6, uh, that he says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Every man, every woman, every child. I don't care how dirty you feel. I don't care how messy up you feel you need to understand you are made in the image of God you need to look at yourself in the mirror and recognize and realize uh, that I am the made in the image of the creator of this universe Uh, I don't care what society has done to corrupt your look to corrupt the way that you see yourself uh, but there is you are still made in the image of God and God sees value in you and God loves you and God has a plan for you See, and God said, there's going to be people that are going to take the life of individuals. And the law said that it was blood for blood. It was eye for eye. It was tooth for tooth. That was the law. You begin to read in scriptures in the Old Testament, and it sounds like the Wild West, uh, that someone did something and they went and they took their life as well. But it was a law that God had designated In the scriptures, as we begin to read, if there would be any man or any woman that would take the life of someone, that there was a designated person in every single family, and they were called the avenger of blood. That if someone would go out and they would take the life of your brother and your sister, there was that big uncle. Amen. They had it all together. For me, it would be be my big tío, amen. Mi tío bien grande, amen, hallelujah. Would go forth, and he was going to go forth. His job was to go avenge the blood because the law required it. 
It didn't matter if the person did it on purpose or they did not. God said, I have made this man, this woman in my image, and I take this very seriously. I don't want you to touch it. I don't want you to take it. It's my child. I don't want you to get involved when it speaks about life. And by law, it was required that the avenger of blood would begin to go forth and begin to search for that man and the woman that took their life. I'm here to present to you that these people that were allowed to enter these cities. They did not know the decisions they were making that day were going to lead them down the road that they were walking down. The Bible says it was unwittingly, it was unawares uh, that as they were doing whatever they were doing, they had no plans uh, to take someone's life. They had no plans uh, to go out and to accidentally take someone's life. Uh, but the decisions that they made that morning led them to a place uh, of a freak accident, if I can say it like that. I'm here to tell you today that every single decision that you make has an effect on your life. The smallest of decisions that you think, oh, that it does not affect nothing, it doesn't affect nobody, it doesn't affect no part of my day. You need to understand every single thing that we do affects the outcomes of our day that we live in. You just deciding that you don't want to get up that morning. You want to sleep in just maybe just another 30 minutes and you put snooze. It's going to determine the cars that you drive down the road. It was a different car that you were going to drive down the road if you would have woke up 30 minutes earlier. Your ability just to say, you know, in my, in my situation, I don't want to go to this coffee shop. I'm going to the other coffee shop. The people that I was going to see in that coffee shop automatically change, and they, it affects my situation. The words that they were going to speak to me, the things that I was going to see, the things that I was going to hear automatically become different. And I'm here to present to you today that every single decision that we do in life, whether we consider insignificant or not, it has an effect on the things of the life that we are living in today. Your decision to decide of where you're going to go to church, it has an effect on you. You might I'd say that it's insignificant and I'm just going to any house I'm going to any place because they got good music there and the pastor's really nice there and you know what every single time I come they give me a little goodie basket praise God I'm gonna stay there no we need to understand and to realize that every single decision that we make has an effect so we need to make sure that we realize where we go where we send our children matters I'm here to tell you today the music you listen to on the way to work, it matters. The podcast that you listen to as you're washing the dishes, it matters. I'm just listening to, to the music. No, you may not even understand that the things that you're hearing are affecting you and they're affecting your children. The things that they're talking about taking the life of other people as they begin to glorify drugs or whatever they begin to talk about, it affects you. There are laws that God has placed just like this law of blood. As they credit Isaac Newton with discovering the law of gravity. But let me tell you something. That law of gravity was there before Isaac found it. He threw an apple in the air. It came back down. They want to give it to good old Newton. They want to say, oh, Newton discovered this. Let me tell you something. It was, it, was, it was a law before it was in that place. And I want to tell you something. This law that we begin to speak of the value of life is a law that is written within the laws of the universe. As God began to move just like the laws of gravity. And God was serious about this. These people probably did not know the situations that they were doing. They were walking in. was going to take them right down the road that they were walking in. Maybe they were there that day and they were working in the field. 
and they were operating some type of a mule, and they had some sort of machinery, and maybe they, they didn't have, they weren't there on their A game that day, and they weren't noticing that there was somebody uh, that was there picking up a little bit of barley, perhaps, or picking up a little bit of crop, uh, and they did not see that there was that man or there was that woman. And all of a sudden, as they drop whatever type of machinery they had in that day, it takes the life of a man. It takes the life of a husband. It sheds the blood of an individual. But they did not want to be a murderer. They did not want to do that. That wasn't their intention to have or to take the life of said man or said woman. And I'm here to tell you today that I believe there are people at the sound of my voice that if you knew the things that you were going to do were going to take you to the road that you stand in today. If you knew the people that you were going to get around uh, were going to put you in the place uh, and the put, uh, may give you the problems uh, that you are wrestling with today, even as I preach, uh, that you would have never met that guy. You would have never met that girl. You would have never sent that text. Uh, you never took that job. You never went to that school. Uh, if you knew the life of pain that it was going to give you, the life of shame uh, that you were going to have to deal with every single night. Uh, I'm here to preach to someone today. Uh, we are imperfect people, and we deal with decisions that we make that even the most little ones have effect and I believe that there are people under the sound of my voice if you were given the opportunity to make a change in one decision you would say give me that chance if you had the opportunity huh, to maybe just not show up to that party, if you had the opportunity huh, to not pick up that joint, huh, if you had the opportunity, huh, come on, I'm here to talk to somebody today. If you had the opportunity, huh, never get around that guy, huh, come on, swerve around that issue, huh, that you would have been in a different place today. Because the decisions that we make, they don't affect us, they affect others. It just doesn't affect me, it affects others. This man and this woman, whatever decision they made, affected the life of somebody else. Uh, and the decisions that we make today, we need to understand that they affect the people around us. Uh, they affect your babies. Uh, they affect your spouse. Uh, they affect your family members. Uh, you need to understand every decision that you make affects you. And here is this man or this woman that did not want to be a murderer, that did not want to take the life of someone, that they did not mean uh, to shed the blood of an individual, but still, the law was the law. They couldn't change it. It didn't matter if they meant to do it or not. There was an avenger of blood that was behind that man and that woman. He was in hot pursuit. These people for their whole entire life had to be running away from the avenger of blood. Running away from the decisions that they had made. Hoping that they don't catch up. Hoping that they don't recognize who this man or this woman is. Hallelujah. Hoping that it doesn't catch up. Amen. Sometimes we are running from the decisions that we have made. We have made decisions that make us feel terrible and they shame us. But I want us to understand huh, that God, not as much as even as much as the enemy is chasing after you, that grace and mercy is chasing after you. See, God in his understanding and God in his, in his wisdom, he placed these six cities of refuge that one could run to the gate of this city and cry out for help. You pull out a map and you look to see where those cities of refuge was. 
It didn't matter where you were in that land, in that place of Israel, you were close to a city of refuge. It didn't matter if you were in the north, if you were in the south, if you were in the west, if you were in the east, the northwest, north, south. And there's no such thing as north, south, but I bet if there was, uh, there would be a city of refuge close by. Amen. You could get close enough to run to where you need to go. And I'm here to let someone know today that there is a city of refuge this morning. There is a place that you can run to where you can find grace and you can find mercy. I don't care how far you feel away from the presence of God. I don't care how far you feel that you have ran from the house of God. You can look and find that there is a place where mercy and grace will meet you. But God designed that they were specific cities. They couldn't run to any city they wanted to. They couldn't show up to said city and said, you know what, I, I want to show up to Bethel and, and hope that I get mercy there. No, they had to go to the right place. They had to go to the right house. They had to go to the right city. And I'm here to preach to someone today that there is a right place where you can find grace and you can find mercy. People in society will tell you, maybe you go to the courthouse. Maybe you go to the doctor's office. Maybe you go to the psychologist. Maybe you should go to the psychiatrist. But there is a place there is a house that God has edified, that God has specified, that we can receive grace, we can receive mercy. There's a place that preaches truth where you can receive and get the mercy of God. There's a place that we can go where it is right. We need to understand that there are many people, there are many cities, there are many houses huh, that will tr people that will try to tell you, come here, come there, huh, and I can give you a little bit of what maybe what you're needing. But there is a place, there is truth. There is a place that preaches truth. I'm here to tell someone today, we need to understand that even in society where they say there is no such thing as absolute truth, uh, that many there are many truths is what they say. I'm here to tell you today that there is one truth today. There is absolute truth. There is something we can say stand on. There is something that we can place our, put our money in the bank and know that it's going to come out and when it's time to deposit or withdraw something because there is truth. I'm here to tell you today that there is a God that loves you. There is a God that will save you. That there is only one God. That is truth. I'm here to tell you that that God's name is Jesus. That he loves you. That he died for you. That is truth. Regardless if no one wants to believe it. Regardless if society wants to say it ain't truth there is a God that can reach in the darkest of places there is a God that can reach in your bitterness that can reach in your darkness and he can save you that is truth I don't care what they said to you I don't care what your boyfriend told you I don't care what your mama said about you there is truth that God can clean you up God can turn you around God can place you in a place that you never thought you could be that's truth you know, I'm, I'm, you know what, I feel like there's some people that have bought into the lies of individuals in your life that have lied on you, that have lied about you, and you have bought into the lie. You're thinking, yeah, what they said, maybe there's truth to it. Maybe what they said about me, yeah, maybe it's right. I'm here to tell you something today. It, I don't care what they said about you. I don't care if they said you're worthless. I don't care if they said, look at the decisions that you made. Look at the people around you. Look at your children. 
children, look at me. I am a collateral damage of the decision that you have made. God don't love you. You ain't a good person. I'm here to tell you today that there is a truth in this world that maybe you didn't do things right. Maybe you didn't do things the way that you could have, the way that you should have. But there is a God in heaven that has made a way of escape. That there is a city of refuge that is planted that we can run to, that we can go to, that we can receive safety from. The Bible says that they ran. They had to run to that city. They had to run to that place. They had to believe, and they had to say, you know what? As I run to this city, the Bible says that they needed to declare their case to the high priest. That as they ran to that place, they couldn't go to any city that they wanted to. They had to run, but there was somebody running behind them. They were not running without a cause. They were running away from somebody that was coming to take their life. Uh, I'm here to tell you today that the things that we make, that the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm here to tell you today that every man, every woman, every child, uh, we have made decisions uh, where we have shed spiritual blood. Uh, and there is blood on our life. Uh, and there is an avenger of blood uh, that is coming to take uh, away the things uh, that we live in today. They come to take away the grace and the mercy and the peace uh, that God has offered us. Uh, but I'm here to let someone know today that there is a place that you can run to. And just like in the book of Joshua, when he ran to the gate and he had to declare his case to the high priest. It's the same thing we have to do today. It was more than just getting to the city. It was when they got to the city, they had to declare their case. I'm going to tell you something today. Coming to church is amazing. Coming to Bible study is amazing. We need to keep on doing it even when we don't feel like doing it. But we need to come to a place in our walk with God where we declare our case and we bear our burdens and we open up our scars to the God in heaven and we say, God, I need you. God, I need you to touch me. God, I need you to reach me. God, I, I, I need your help this morning. See, they needed to walk up to that city and as they ran to the gate of that city, as they ran as fast as they could, knowing there was somebody chasing them, knowing there were decisions that they wished they would have never have made, no things that they wished they would have never had done, no Knowing that there was decisions uh, that were chasing them. Uh, coming there and knowing that they were going to have to pay up uh, because they knew it was just uh, part of the law. Uh, but they ran to that city. And as they ran there, as they were tired, uh, knowing that there was somebody behind them, and they ran to the city. I don't know if they threw themselves at the gate, uh, if they were dusty, if they were bloody, uh, if they were crying uh, because they knew uh, that there was something coming behind them. But as they ran and they threw themselves uh, at that gate, uh, that they needed to say, Hi, priest. High priest, are you there? High priest, high priest. The high priest would come up to the gate of that city. And he would say, yes, would you let me in the city? I need to come in the city. Why? I, I just got to come in, high priest. Well, no, why, why do you have to come in? Well, I, I just got to come in. The high priest would say, you need to declare the case. You need to let me know why you need to come in. And he would say, I admit it. I did 
take someone's life. I did shed blood. Yeah, I am a murderer. Yeah, I am the culprit. But I didn't know what was going to happen in my life was going to take me down the road that I was living in. I, I need entrance into the city because there is somebody that is coming behind me. And I begin to think as back home in Mexico, if there are people and individuals in the house that I know their stories. Uh, I know the things that they deal with. Uh, I know the brokenness in their life. Uh, I know the drugs that are in their family. Uh, I know people in our church uh, that are dealing with cartels uh, and they are wrestling uh, with things. Uh, they're wrestling uh, with spirits uh, of witchcraft uh, and they're dealing with these types of things and they know they need help and they come to the house of God. But when they come to the house of God, never do they allow themselves to be moved to a place uh, where they can let God begin to move in their life uh, they come uh, they sit there uh, and sometimes maybe they even lift their hand uh, but they are not coming to a place uh, where they're saying God I need you uh, to come inside of me and change me I need you God to let me come in to the city of refuge uh, they feel okay outside of the city gate but I'm here to tell you today uh, that it, you gotta get inside of the city gate you can't stand outside and get close to safety. You can't get close to saving. You can't go halfway. You got to go all the way inside. You might say, I feel good in my heart, in my spirit coming to church. It makes me feel good inside to come and lift my hands and worship and pray. But I'm telling you something. Yes, that's great. You have made it to the city of refuge, but you got to come inside to the city of refuge. You got to come inside where God can help you and God can keep you you and God can save you and God can work in you yes uh, keep coming uh, but when you come and you lift up your hands uh, you come up to this altar you lift up your hands uh, you cry unto the Lord uh, you begin to say Jesus uh, I need you Jesus uh, save me Jesus uh, yeah I am a sinner uh, yes I die but God I need you to help me I need you to work in me They needed to admit it. They needed to say it. There's a guy that back home in Ensenada that I'm teaching a Bible study to. He's been coming to our church for over a year. He's a good young man. I love him very much. He comes from another place, another different type of faith in town. He's, he's a good young man, and his girlfriend has came to the house of God. God has filled her with her spirit. She's been baptized in Jesus' name. And as I began to talk with Bible studies uh, regarding how, what God wanted to do in his life, that he could be filled with the spirit as well, that he could be baptized in Jesus' name as well, uh, that as I began to teach it to him, and he received the revelation and said, I understand. I need to come to a place where I, I need to be helped. I need to be changed and I walk I said brother this is what we got to do he said well I want the spirit of God but I'm going to have to tell you something Ben I said what do you have to tell me he said I have never repented in my life I've never told God I'm sorry he said I just learned from my mistakes and I just don't do it again I think God understands that I said that's a great thing we need to learn from our mistakes he said but I, I have never told God I'm sorry I have. I, said, I, I just feel like that's just the way that I have that I that I've done things, but I, I just don't want to. I, I don't want to admit it. I don't want. I don't want to do. I don't want to say those words. I remember when I was about 14 years old. I was here up in Northern California. This is where the Northern California, the area from where I'm from, and I remember there was some friends that were going to the American River. I wonder if the American River passes somewhere here through Nevada. Does it? I'm not a geographic major. 
So thank you, brother. <laughs> but we were went to the American River, and if does any, has anyone been to the American River before? So th- this is when I tell this story to other people that they scoff at me, but we know this ain't no baby river. We know this is not no child's play. And our friends, they said, let's go to the river, and let's go swimming in the river. Let's go cliff jumping. And I said, okay. See, I need to clarify something. See, I'm, I'm not like per se like a swimmer. I have swam before in salt water, and there's buoyancy in salt. Right, so there's a natural floating that takes place. When I get in fresh water, that effect don't happen. So I struggle. I knew this. So I was smart. I was smart, you see. So what I said, I, said, I showed up in jeans and a butternut. My friends came in athleisure, and they were, they were just ready to jump in. And I was smart. I, I came up dressed that way. And, and all, all my friends, they're jumping in the river. They're swimming. They're, and I, I'm sitting there on the boulder with my jeans and my butternut. And they say, Ben, jump in. Ben, why don't you come in? I'm going to say, man, I can't, man. Look at me. I got jeans and a butternut, bro. I, there's no way I can do it. And they're, they're just over there just making fun of me. And I said, I just know ain't no way I'm going to do it. Well, they start swimming. Inside of the river, there's a point in the river from where we're at where there was a big old rock in the direct middle of the river. And they were swimming the best they could through the current. See, in the American River, there's tons of currents. There are people there that die there every single year. It's, it's something very serious. And they would come and they would fight the current to get to the middle of that rock. And as they were coming, they would get enough strength. They would rest up just a little bit. And they would go to the other side of the river. And they were all to that point, And they were all on that other side of the river. And one of my friends was there, and he was gutting to the second rock. And there was something inside of me that said, you know what? I'm tired of sitting on this rock. I'm t- I, I, I want to jump in. I'm, I'm just going to jump in. I, I, I've swam in, in salt water before. Well, what's the difference? I remember I, I jump off that rock, and I'm, and I'm jumping down that, that cliff. And as I jump down, <laughs> I'm under the water. And I remember I tried to get myself to climb up. And the heaviness that I felt in my arms, in my jeans, the waters that began to just become heavier as my clothes were soaked. And I remember going up and feeling the weight of trying to get myself out of the water. But I was okay because I got this. This is, this is just natural water. Ain't, it's not salty, but I got this. And I remember as I tried to swim to the other side of that rock, I start swimming to the other side of that rock, and my, I, start, I started to get tired. And as I started to go down, I started to go a little bit lower under the water. And my, my, the water was about right here. And then I started to get so tired that I tried to go down under the water to throw myself up over the water to try to keep on going. And I kept on getting tired and more tired, and I was going down and up and down and up. And it was just here down a little bit until finally there was something that dawned on me. Inside of my mind, as I was going down and I was going up, down and up, down and up, down and up, I said, I'm drowning. See, I was drowning, but I didn't want to tell nobody I was drowning. So I kept on trying to do it on my own. Went down and I went up. I went down and I went up and I went down. And there was a moment and I said, if I do not say something, this is it for me. If I, if I don't put my pride aside, 
and I don't call out for help. This is it for Brother Ben. And I remember I went, help, 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 help. And I'm going down, and I'm going out, I go, help. Until finally, I reached the point where I wasn't going, help. Where I, where I, where I just started screaming, help, help. I, I, I'm drowning. <laughs> Hey, somebody's got to help me. I'm drowning right now. Help. Help. Hey, I'm drowning. Hey, bro, where you at, man? Somebody come get me. And it came a point where I said I got to get help, even if I didn't want nobody to know. Because I know if I did not cry out for help, if I did not declare my case to somebody that could help me, I would have been dead in trespasses. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell someone today that the decisions we make, yes, it will take us to a road of death but there is a way that we can make it out if you will come to the priest if you will come to the gate and declare your case God will give you mercy see it did not change the fact that I was willing to accept the fact that I was drowning did not change the fact that I was drowning the fact that I did not want to call out and declare my case and, and come to a place where I put my pride aside and I put myself aside and said, I need help. I need to be changed. Did not change that I was not drowning or not. I was just dialing, dying silently. And there are people in this world today that will allow themselves to die silently. They will not cry out for help. They will not come to the house of God. They will not come to a place of repentance. They will not ask that God would have filled them with their spirit. They would ask, not ask that they will take on the name of Jesus that would remit their sins because they know they need help. But if they ever come to a place where they say it out loud or not, it just doesn't really resonate with them. But I'm here to tell you today the fact that you're willing to say it out loud or not, it does not change the situation that is sitting in your pew right now. The fact that if you are saying, I'm willing to live for God, I'm willing to give up what I need to give up. I'm ready to start coming to church now. I'm ready to start coming and living for the Lord now. It doesn't change the fact that you're dealing with what you're dealing with. But if you will call out unto the Lord, God will help you. God will change you. God will work in your life. God will do what only he can do. See, the Bible lets us know. I'm going to ask if someone can come help me play as I'm coming to a close. The Bible lets us know that as he would come, to that city and he would declare his case the priest would say this he would say you know what that's right I, you know I see that you need help I, I see I understand I recognize your situation come into the city of refuge and there would come a point that that avenger of blood would get there he would have tracked him down he would have tracked her down. He would have hunted him down, checked the footprints uh, would have asked around, would have done a whole entire FBI investigation Looking for this man, looking for this woman. I'm here to tell someone today, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you ran track in high school. You can't outrun the decisions that you have made in life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you with you with love that God loves you. But there are things that we have done in life that you can't outrun the sin. You can't outrun the decisions. There will come a place that maybe you do good running it just for a little bit. But you will get tired and it will catch up to you. And it will overtake you. But I'm here to 
let you know today that you can run, but run to the city of refuge. Run to where you can get help. Run to where God can save you. Run to where God can help you. And the Bible lets us know that they ran to the city gate. Here came the avenger of blood. Here came that man that his whole job was to make sure that the law would be fulfilled. And he would run up to that gate and he would say, high priest, high priest, where is so-and-so? They'd say, where is Brother Mark? They'd say, where is Brother Troy? Why do I start calling people's names? Hallelujah. Where's Brother Ben? You know, it really don't matter whose name I call because whether we like it or not, we have all been in that place. See, before I go forward today, we need to understand there's many people that do not want to enter into the place in the city of refuge. They don't want to enter into the church. They don't want to enter into the house of God because they say, man, look at me. I, 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 I've done, mis- I've made mistakes. I, man, I've killed people. I've shed blood. Man, I've done these things. And you might say, oh, Brother Rodriguez, you're crazy. You know, I have, we have people in our church uh, that have killed multiple people. <laughs> we got cartel members in our church. That's no fluff. Uh, and I remember there was a man in the church, this cartel guy, and I've been working with him, teaching him Bible studies, huh? and he just felt so dirty from everybody else, and I was sitting there trying to talk to him about Jesus' name, baptism, huh? that if you take on the name of Jesus, he will forgive you, he will wash you, he will make you clean, and he just didn't want to receive it, because he was too dirty. We need to understand, you look in here, just like Pastor Hood said, a lot of us look cute, we look handsome, but the tie is right. The suits are dry clean. The shoes are polished. The side part, it's crispy. Whether you're wearing J's or not, they're clean. No scuffs, no creases. Hallelujah. Everything about this individual is right. Everything about it looks good. So you come to the house of God and said, man, this is not for me. They are too clean. They are too perfect. Uh, they act like their life is together. You need to understand that every single person that you see through that little gate hole, as you look inside of the city of refuge, uh, if they are in the city of refuge, uh, that means they were outside of the gate as well, and they were asking to be led in by the priest as well. Uh, I'm here to preach to someone today. Uh, do you remember when you were outside of the gate? Uh, do you remember when you were hooked on drugs? Uh, do you remember uh, when you didn't have hell? where you were suicidal where you couldn't put the heroin down where you had to keep on drinking every single night just to get a little bit of peace do you remember I'm here to preach to you ma'am sir don't you feel bad because the people that are in this place they were just like you but they are in the city of refuge now I'm trying not to get ahead of myself and I am closing but we need to understand and you might, you might say, Brother Rodriguez, you're preaching about this, about this, these people that have done things on accident. But I have done things on purpose. I knew better. I knew not to do it. I knew before I was going to do what I was going to do was not the right thing I should have done. But I did it anyway. I'm here to tell you today. That that priest, that that avenger of blood would come looking for that man or that woman. And he would say, give me Brother Thomas over there. 
I want Brother Jonathan Thomas because he shed blood. It's my duty. Bring him out. And that priest, as he was on top of that gate, just looking down, he said, you can't have him. What do you mean you can't have him? What, what do you mean I can't? I, I am required by law. Priest, uh, you know better than anybody else the law. You know that I got to take the life uh, for anyone that sheds blood. Uh, come on, it's, it's the law. There has to be payment for the decision. It's blood for blood, tooth for tooth. And the high priest would look down at that avenger of blood and say, I didn't say there wasn't going to be a payment. I didn't say that there wasn't going to be a life that would be given. But the Bible, the scripture lets us know that they needed to take the priest, his life, when he died in that city, in that gate, that every single man and woman, when the priest died, was able to walk outside of the city gate completely free. I'm here to tell you today that we have a high priest whose name is Jesus Christ. In the book of Hebrews, it lets us know that we have a high priest that is surpassing to the heavens. That is better and greater than any other priest that there ever was. Who is the high priest. And just like those people as they walked into that place, for them to walk out completely free out of the city, the priest had to die. The blood had to be shed. Here we are on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus Christ, who was the high priest, he died for you and he died for me. And there is forgiveness of sins from where that avenger of blood cannot find you, he cannot find me. Because we are hidden in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why in Romans 6, 4 says we are buried with him in baptism. That's why you are in a church today that preaches you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Because there are things in our life that must die. And it must be covered by the priest. If you want to die for the decisions that you made, that is up to you. But I'm telling you, there is a way out. There is an advocate with the Father whose name is Jesus Christ. that Who was the Lamb of God. Who also is the high priest. That when you are baptized in Jesus' name, in the name of the high priest. You can walk back into your life, into your city, into the place from where you came. And hell can't get you. The devil can't find you. That avenger of blood can't get to you. Because you are covered in the blood of the high priest. You are covered in the blood of the great I am. You are covered in the blood of the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world. I'm preaching to somebody today. If you allow yourself to be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins will be washed. You will be made new. You will be able to step forth into the process of walking into the newness of life. As I was telling that man, that cartel guy, he said, Brother Dan, he said, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't get baptized. I can't, I can't receive the Holy Ghost. I said, yes, you can, Fernando. Yes, you can. Fernando's, I'm promising you, man is about 6'4". I am not, amen. 
He's a big old man. He's a big old fella. He's only about 23 years old, but you could just tell in his eyes that he's been through life. And as I'm sitting there with the altar, everyone's gone. They're eating downstairs. I say, Fernando, I said, bro, God's got plans for you. He can help you. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to receive his spirit. He wasn't even listening to me. He said, but I've, but I've, caught, I've crossed this many kilos over the border, and I've, I've killed people, and I've been... He kept on doing it back and forth. I said, no, you need to understand how that there is a high priest uh, that will wash away your sins. That if you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that everything is washed, everything is made new, that the old man of sin is buried, uh, and you are stepping into a new life. Uh, and if you receive the Spirit of Christ, uh, that same Spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead will live among you and live inside of you, and you can live and walk in resurrection too. But I've killed this many people. And I, and I got to a place where I was frustrated, brotherhood. I was really frustrated. And I looked at this dude and I said, Fernando! I yelled at him. I yelled at, I yelled at this dude who was a cartel member, who was six foot four, who probably could have. I don't think he would have took me out. I know a little bit of self-defense. Hey, man, I feel like I'm pretty capable. I feel like I can carry my own. This was a big dude, so I was, you know, I didn't know. And when the words came out of my mouth, Pastor, I was like, oh, gosh. And he went, what? I said, Fernando. I said, I've taught you Bible studies, bro. Do you believe that the name of Jesus is sufficient enough to wash your sins? Yeah, I believe it. I said, do you believe in Acts 4.12 when it says, for there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved, that it's true? Yeah, I believe it. I said, do you believe in Mark 16, 16 that says uh, that, if, so that you must believe and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ uh, to be saved? That if he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he believes not shall be damned? Do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. So what's stopping you, Fernando, from being baptized? He just looked at me kind of. I said, who's stopping you? He said, nobody's stopping me. Automatically, I said, aha. I said, are you sure? Ain't nobody stopping me. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, so you believe that God will forgive you if you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? You believe that? He said, yeah. I said, so no one's stopping you? Nothing's now? Nothing's stopping me? I said, come on, let's go. I left him there. I was there for about 50 minutes working with, bro, come on, like, you can receive Jesus, man. Man, if you will come and you will just say, God, I need your spirit, God will fill you with another language, speaking another tongue, just like he will this morning. I'm telling you, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another language, it is still happening today. Let me just speak to that absolute truth this morning, huh? that yes, Jesus died and he rose again. Huh? And just as much as they did not find his body in the tomb, is just as much huh, that the Spirit of Christ is still being poured out today. Huh? In Acts 2, verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Come on, I'm telling you huh, that it's still working. It's still pouring out today. Just to believe that it couldn't happen to you. So I'm walking with him. And I just start walking. I just, I start walking. I, I look, it's like my church. I just start walking. And Fernando, I, turn, I don't even turn around really. I just kept on walking. 
And I walk down, I walk, and I see Fernando. He's just tall, he's kind of lanky, he's kind of awkward. He's kind of, he just starts walking by me. I said, because what do we do? I said, we're going to baptize you. He said, okay. I said, you believe that, right? He said, no, I, I do. I said, so, so you're, you're okay? Yeah, I believe, you, I, you believe that if you're baptized in Jesus' name that you, you are forgiven. You believe that when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 5 and said, how can I enter into the kingdom of God? He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you today, you're in a church uh, that believes that today, if you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, that God will forgive you. Today, if you come to this front and lift up your hands uh, and you let the spirit of Christ live in you, you can walk in resurrection today because there is a perfect sacrifice that no lamb, no goat, no priest could replace. But Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice. We walked, I put that guy in that in that baptismal tank and I ran downstairs. My dad's eating whatever he was. Chile verde, I don't know. He was eating mole, I don't know. He was just, I said, Dad, I said, come on. He said, what? I said, Fernando's in the tank. He said, what you talking about? And he, he, he's a, it's a tremendous testimony. His, his girlfriend was possessed with the devil. We went to a Bible study. We were praying. We were just having normal search for truth Bible study. And she, things started acting up. We prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. God delivered her. We told her, I said, God wants to fill you with his spirit. She was filled with the spirit of Christ, speaking in the heavenly language. Uh, and not only did it stop there, her 13-year-old daughter was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, her 9-year-old daughter was baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost as well. But here was Fernando. He was the last man standing. So I said, Dad, he's in the tank. He said, what? He said, let's go. So we, we ran upstairs to the, to the church. The the fellowship hall is on the bottom. We ran upstairs. And I remember that day that we baptized Fernando in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. And Fernando's still coming to church today with all the baggage he's got, but he understands huh, that there is a new name written down in glory. I'm here to tell someone today that there is a perfect sacrifice. They, they walked up to that gate, and yes, they were a sinner. But you don't have to worry about if you're a sinner. There's grace for you. It doesn't matter how many times you have fallen hard on your face, face planted. Everybody knows. Uh, your family knows. The town knows. Uh, they know the details. Uh, but if you will just get back up, if you allow the name of Jesus Christ to be washed over you, today in the name of Jesus Christ, if you will come and believe that the spirit of Christ is still here to resurrect you, that you can walk into the newness of life, that God will do it. And today, as I'm coming to a close, and I am, I'm, I'm closing, I pray that we all stand, but I want us to pray. Because just like I told that story of me drowning in the American River, the only thing that stopped me from getting help was me. The only thing that was hindering Fernando was Fernando. And the only thing that will stop you today from receiving the spirit of the Christ is you. The Bible lets us know that there is no mountain, no valley. There is no angel. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing outside that can stop you. You cannot walk towards it. You can just choose to sit outside of the gate 
You can choose to never have the name of Jesus call out under you. But if you will decide today, you can walk in the newness of life. I'm going to pray that as they sing, I'm going to pray that if there is any individual that wants to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, today we have water. And we can baptize you in the name of Jesus. And like we said, it is more than just getting wet. It is forgiveness of sins. It is you stepping out of sin and out of death and stepping into life everlasting. And if you want to receive the spirit of Christ, you come up to this front, you lift up your hands, you tell God you want it, you tell God that you need him, and God will fill you with his spirit. Why don't we lift up our hands, every single individual. I believe the spirit of God that is in this place is going to rush in. Yes, hallelujah. Let's be sensitive to the presence of God right now. Come on, ma'am, sir. Why don't you ask the hard questions right now? Are you drowning this morning? Are you in need of grace this morning? Do you need God to come down uh, and rescue this morning? I'm here to tell you today that there is hope. Uh, there is grace. Uh, if you will come uh, and say, somebody baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, for there is no other name uh, whereby we must be saved. Uh, that God will forgive you. That the blood would wash over you. You will be made new. I'm going to ask right now as they begin to sing. These altars are open. I pray that every individual come to this front. I'm going to pray that we all come. You want to pray, you find someone next to you and say, hey, can you pray for me that God will fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, come to the front. Find one of the, somebody next to you and say, hey, can I be baptized today? Can you baptize me? We will baptize you. If you need forgiveness, if you need God to wash you, if you need to be brought back to a place of redemption, all you got to do is cry out to the Lord. All you got to say, Jesus, he's as close as the mention of his name. Come on, ma'am. Come on, sir. I would have let nothing rob me from getting saved this morning. I would have let guilt rob me. I would have let pride rob me. I would have let the person next to me rob me. But I would come and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Come on, that's it. Come on. Somebody wrestling right now with a decision to step out and lift up your hands. Jesus will meet you there. Come on, that's it. Come on, God's working right now. Come on, God's speaking right now. Come on, that's it, somebody. Come on, that's it. Come on, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Come on, we'll take our time here this morning. Come on, if somebody needs grace, if somebody needs mercy, there's grace here. There's mercy here. There's forgiveness of sins. Come on, God can wash you. God can help you. God can give you what you need. God can take away the drug addiction. Come on, that's it. Come on, to somebody. If it's appropriate, why don't you find the person next to you? And why don't we begin to pray? Come on, church, let's be sent to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's people up here looking for prayer. Come on, somebody, come on, help me pray.
Let's lift our hands all across this house. Hallelujah. Come on. Does anybody feel the love of Jesus? Come on. There's a perfect sacrifice in this house. Well, preacher, you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what we've done. Amen. I want to tell you, God still loves you. God still has a plan for you. I, would, I want you to lift up your hands and just enjoy the presence of the Lord and just enjoy the love of God that you feel in this house. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your peace that we feel in this house. Hallelujah. I thank you that there is no one in this building that is too far from saving. I thank you that there's not one of us, God, that was too low where you couldn't reach down, God. Amen. I thank you, Lord, that you reached down to where I was. God, and you pulled me up out of this dark, evil world, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're still doing it today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now.